Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her, by her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. This conversation has come up multiple times with a good friend of mine. You guys know her, a lover, Jess Ely. She's been on the podcast a lot and a lot of people in my makers community. But I mean, Abby, you know, we've had this conversation. What I feel like some point has been multiple times a day, every single day with our students, members of our community, and even ourselves within this own business. And it's the concept of, it's a lot of things, but the overarching idea of what we're going to talk about today is how to separate your self-worth with what you create and how to separate the success of your business with your self-worth. We are going to have, I feel like, some tangible strategies today that I feel like that we've picked up on in the last like actual year. But I also just want to open up the conversation with if this is you Maybe you haven't even recognized that you've connected these things so strongly for yourself, but I want to give you some examples of what some other creatives have said and then some messages that I've, I've chatted with a couple of different makers recently, and, and maybe it'll help you. Yeah. Well, dare I say that this behavior, if not recognized and properly attended to, can create a, such a massive disruption in your life and in your business that I have seen people completely self-sabotage businesses and even like marriages and all sorts of shit that could have been flourishing, but because they had this bizarre, and I've been there. So like, let me say this from a place of, I have done these things and it has caused a lot of problems in my life to the more I have learned to separate them. And I'm still not perfect at it the more that it has given me this sense of freedom. And I'm sure I'm going to cite a TikTok at some <laughs> point because the, this old man said some sources for this episode are from TikTok. <laughs> no, no, no. I did get this like really valuable insight that I think we'll weigh into. But anyway, I just want to first have you guys reflect 
because I think before you can really say if you're doing this, you need to just like analyze your behavior. Do you find yourself feeling more down or sad or depressed or anxious or tired or stressed when your business is either not making as much sales as you've perceived as necessary, perhaps a launch hasn't gone the way you thought it should, you're not getting the response to a new product the way you thought you might. I even think it can be simpler than that because even in this conversation recently, I realized, and I've shared some of these things with you guys here on the podcast years ago, some of my very, very early on business baby behaviors was me doing this without realizing it. So I'll give you an example that I feel like will be the thing that you're like, oh shit. Are you someone who, when your friend, your mom, your partner comes home or talks oh, to you? Yes, I know exactly where you're going. They say, What'd you do today? And if your response is in defense, and what the fuck are you asking me what I did? Clearly, I work today. I have this job. I have this business. Obviously, I've been here in my office all day. What do you think I've done today? If it's anything along those lines, that is the very beginning foundation of you tying your self-worth and identity to the results of your business. I didn't know that. Well, and the reason it's coming across that way is because in this instance, like, asks you about how something is going, your automatic response is that if it's not going the way they think it should or whatever, that all of a sudden that's a reflection on you as a human being, which by the way, it's not. It's really hard though. And so when we're sitting here and we say it's not, or you have to separate it or whatever, do not confuse that with the fact that It hasn't taken me nearly 10 years to find out how to even start separating that. I'm not 100% there, let me tell you that. So this comes from a place of we've been there where it's really dark and hard. And then we've kind of come out of it a little bit and we're still kind of navigating it. The thing that prompted this conversation to surface again, I would love for you guys, I guess just nod your head (laughs) if this is you. I saw a really good friend of mine who is a product maker post something on her Instagram stories. It was like a selfie of her and she just said, oh, hey, just, just me over here thinking my business is failing every single day, even when it's clearly not. I saw that And my, this person is younger than me, like considerably younger than me. And my heart was just like little business mama heart of being like, oh, sweet baby angel, how I have been there, how I've been there, even like not as strong as where she is right now, but I've been there, you know, as recently as last week, last month, you know, in different aspects of my life. But I know that feeling so well. And the feeling of when your business is going really well, that means you're the best small business owner, you've made every right decision, you must have done really good at your marketing, and you made a really good product, and you did everything right. So that means when it doesn't go well, you did everything wrong, and you're a bad business owner. And it's so, so hard to live that double life. Well, the interesting part about this that I think a lot of people don't even think about is this happens in extremes on both ends. And so you can also have the same 
fear and anxiety produced from success. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I have this big fear of failure. But I also see people, I mean, they don't say it this way, but they're scared of being successful because they feel in some part of themselves inside that they're a fraud or that they don't deserve it or they're not worthy of that kind of love or attention or worthy of that kind of financial lifestyle or whatever. Even this last week, I had something that like, you know, I've been wanting for a really long time. And this video I had produced was going viral and would such an amazing feeling. But instead of like enjoying the high of it, like I immediately had this crazy intense anxiety and almost had a panic attack from it, which some people would be like, that's ridiculous. But if you are tying any part of what you do to you as a person, how you feel about it is not necessarily logical. So that's part of the conversation I had with my friend in the sense of, I think we're all used to the story and the conversation of, if I have my self-worth tied up into my business, then I'm not going to feel good about myself until it's successful or until it's doing what I think it needs to do. Okay. I, I think we get that idea and we've, we've either done that or we haven't done that. Or we've done it a little bit and we get that. What I don't think we understand is that let's say our business has remained neutral this entire time. It's, it's done what we have deemed as well. And it's like, continue to do well. Okay. Like it's just doing that. It's coasting. It's doing exactly what we say. And we feel good about that part. And then we all have bad days, right? So say you wake up and it's it's hormonal, you're depressed, you're sad, maybe the weather has been really gloomy, you're not feeling it. There's nothing that has to do with your business. There's nothing that happened over there that triggered it. It's literally just life and circumstances. And you wake up sad, anxious, mad, whatever. Without your business having changed at all, those are the days when you're going to wake up and say, my business is failing. Everything is about to crash and burn. I am this close, this close to ruining everything. Because when we let our business make us feel good when it's good, we also let us feel bad about our business when we feel bad. I know. If any of this is resonating with you guys, I just want to put a little PSA because I think it's important to acknowledge. If you feel like this is resonating... I'm going to guess you could also really benefit from therapy. And I just want to normalize that it's okay to see a therapist. Not just TikTok therapy. No, no, no. (laughs) Not just mindless scrolling, but like actually sitting down with a licensed psychologist. I just want to normalize that mental health is so important. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, so I want to talk about what other people have deemed the art of shooting on yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite phrases. This conversation I was having with Jess. She said should, should not shooting. Should-ing on yourself. It's mm-hmm. a play on words and it's funny. It's the day you wake up and you're like, I should write that blog post I've been meaning to write. I should go post on stories. I should start that Facebook group for my community of this thing. I should make that high-end offer. I should email that client, whatever it is, right? It's the to-do list. It's the things that you think that you should 
do. And either like that list builds up and you just don't do anything because there's so many things on your list and you're like losing focus. That's part of it. That's one strategic way of like, okay, can we teach you what to focus on first that's actually going to make an impact in your business? That's like business strategy, aka that's what we teach you inside of Strategy Academy, inside of our program. But the mental capacity aspect that I'm talking about here is when it happens like all of the time. And then it happens with every single thing in your business. And so I want to pose a thought to you, a concept to you. And if you throw your phone or cringe or yell at me, I want you to like sit with it for a second. If you were to come to me today and say, I should go make some reels. I should grow. I should email that client back who's emailed me three times about booking them <laughs> or whatever. I'm going to say to you, you don't have to. You actually don't have to. There's nothing in your business that you or life that you actually have to do. Are there consequences to your actions? Yes. If you don't email that client back, you might not get that client. If you don't post on social media, you might not grow on social media. If you don't invoice that client, you might not get paid. There are consequences to every action, but you don't actually have to do any of them. Right. Well, and one of the most like impressionable things a therapist has ever said to me is the only things you can control in your entire life are your actions and your reactions. You can't control consequences. You can't control other people. You can't control your business. You can't, I mean, you can take steps, i.e. do the thing, do the work, show up for yourself, show up for your business, but whatever. But doesn't automatically equal a specific result. No. Mm-mm. And that is so hard. And I think, especially when we're talking about business success, I see a lot of times where people get confused about, you know, I'm making all these goals and I'm trying to define where I want to go with my business and I want X number of clients, but how do I do that? And it's like, okay, stop thinking so much about what end result you're trying to create. Not that you can't pursue it, but like, Worry less about that. Worry more about the actions you can control that you believe and have seen evidence of that it will have a direct tie to a result that may have been similar in the past. You've seen other people get a similar result from blah, blah, blah. If anything, I've learned that success leaves clues and we are the most blind to our own. Well, and the thing I want you to really pay attention in in the shooting aspect of what I want you to recognize is you don't actually have to. You've convinced yourself you have to. You don't actually have to. Okay, so first of all, once we take the should or have to out of it, do you now recognize that when you ultimately, like maybe you do write that blog post, maybe you do invoice that client, maybe you do post to social media, maybe you do make those earrings or whatever it is, that when you did it, when the thing became done or you started it, you made the choice to do it. That's it. You can either beat yourself up and basically blackmail yourself into doing something, guilt trip yourself into doing something, or you can recognize, I don't actually have to do any of this. 
one day I might decide to do it. And on that day, I'm choosing to do it. No one's forcing you to do it. You have chosen every single action in your business. And the anticipation is nearly always more painful than the actual doing. Always for me. Always. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good example. You're like dreading a holiday coming up or going to that thing with your spouse or seeing so-and-so. How many times have you built that up and just like ruined days, if not weeks? My thing is (laughs) shipping out orders. There's the day when I have like a shit ton of orders because I just had a restock. And those I'm like, okay, I know this is going to take a big part of my day. I'm going to do it. Those are fine for me. It's annoying, but it's fine. It's the one-off orders that happen after I've done that big shipment where it's like three orders here, one order here, five orders here. And then I wake up and I'm like, (laughs) like I'd rather have to ship 60 things than three things. And part of that is just like efficiency and like, oh, I have to start this whole process. But like literally this morning, I had three things to ship. And I knew that two of those things, those customers specifically reached out to me and asked, is this able to ship next day? Because they want it for Valentine's Day if they can. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I can do that. Which means I I need to do that. I should. (laughs) I still don't have to. I still don't have to. There's a consequence if I don't. That customer might be upset. I might need a refund. I might need to like send them on a little extra something if it gets late. I'm going to not fulfill the thing I said I was going to do. And that's a really big thing for me. But I don't have to. So this morning, I was like, just fucking do it. It took less than 15 minutes. Right. I'm in the same way about house stuff. Dishwasher. Oh, away laundry. 100%. We have a personal assistant now. And so now I'm, I like time things throughout the week to like fall on her day that I don't want to do. Or I'm like, ooh, let's make sure we run the dishwasher Tuesday night so she can empty it Wednesday morning. Oh, my gosh. You're goofy. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about some tangible ways that we've changed this behavior. That you've implemented this last year or so. I think most growth comes from acknowledgement. Like if we think about, there's all these like, this seems like an extreme example, but all these 12 step programs, if you're an addict or if you're in recovery or whatever. Like pretend you're in recovery for a second. I'm recovering from beating myself up for my entire life. Okay. So one of the first things you have to do is just be honest with yourself about what is really bothering you. What's the actual issue? Because most of the time your actual issue is not what you keep making it out to be. It's not the not posting. It's not the not emailing someone. I feel like all my double negatives are confusing. Anyway, it's the way we're treating ourselves and the gaps in between. And so I feel like for me, a big part of my growth has just simply been saying, oh, a lot of my stuff is financial related just because of my long trauma history with dollars. But in the business, if something is not going a certain way... I have reacted very poorly in the past and made some pretty radical decisions about how we should move forward in our business. And I'm lucky to have Emily basically virtually slap me a lot (laughs) to get my shit together, okay? I think what has helped 
is you can't just acknowledge it and move on. You have to address, well, what is going to help me process this information in a helpful way rather than a way that's going to like be a detriment to me. So just acknowledging that most of my stuff is related to finances, I now have reports in place that give me peace of mind, but also help me run the business in a productive way. And so I can see red flags before they happen. But instead of panicking, I can quickly identify where the issue is, address the issue and not have it be about me. Made a huge difference. A tangible thing I've done, it seems simple. And I maybe didn't even realize it would impact this mental headspace so much. I unfollowed every single colleague, peer, person running a similar business. I got off the oh, yeah. list. I stopped following them on Instagram. I stopped listening to their podcast. Wherever I was paying attention, I just wasn't paying attention. Not because I don't support them. Love them. We'll like everything. Cheer you on. What do you need? Let's do it. I can't see it because I'm the person who sees an idea or concept and I'm like, ooh, that sounds so fun. I want to do it. And sometimes that's helpful. Like sometimes getting inspiration is helpful for sure. But for me, it was leading into much of a, we need to say yes to all of these things, do all of these things. And why don't we have this? And why aren't we doing this? And when I scaled back what I was looking at, and we scaled back what we were doing and saying yes to, guess what feelings got better? (laughs) Right. A, you're not having this like, constant questioning your path kind of mentality, but also you have to rely more on yourself for where to move forward from instead of constantly be like, oh, well, they did this and this happened. So I must need to do this for this to happen. And that's not necessarily true. And I know a lot of you listening are multi-passionate. I did this a long time ago when it came to B2B colleagues. And then... I've had all these passions and interests and filled my feed with people that inspire me in that way. And then I'm like every other freaking millennial and creative out there. And I'm like, oh, well, clearly I need to make this a bigger part of my business. So trying to identify how do I keep like a safe space for that? Because for real, this like other industry, when I say other industry, I mean, My wellness business has become more broad. It's more lifestyle, including more home renovations, just because that's where I'm at in my life. Blah, blah, blah. I could go on a tangent, but I'm not going to. How do I separate joy and entertainment from work? And I think this is just across the board something you need to personally address is how do you create like clear boundaries? And I do think this is another part of the healing process, so to speak, is If you're letting all this stuff bleed over all the time, with the lack of boundaries, rather, you aren't seeing how you're different in one space versus another. And that just blurs the lines more of that worthiness piece. But I feel like the more I've been really firm about not working after a certain time of day, or I work in a certain place in my house but like where I spend time with my spouse is different. Like having little triggers like that make it more clear to me that my work is my work and my life is my life. How do you think that 
you've separated and maybe you weren't as defensive as I was, but to like family or friends when they were like, what did you do today? Well, I was this way with my spouse, not necessarily with everyone else. I think with everyone else, I was more like, oh, they're interested in what I'm working on. Let me explain it. And then sometimes I would get weird about either I felt uncomfortable with how the business was going. And so I'd make myself sound not as significant to other people. And I probably still do that. I, think I still do that because I don't, you know, I want you to answer this question, but a quick caveat is when people ask us what we do or how things are going now, like, what do you actually want to know? Do you want me to explain like what's working and the new product we developed and how it's going and what's growing and what we're doing? Or do you just want the typical like work is good answer? Like I, I never know. I can kind of tell based on who's asking me, but I've also had this like uncomfortableness with certain friends which is fine. It's I recognize that it's their issue where they've all of a sudden treated me different or like our relationship has changed because they are having issues with how I'm showing up in the world. Anyway, but in terms of like how I tackled the defensiveness, one, I just tried to get more clear on what communication the other person is actually seeking from me especially in my marriage this has been vitally important most of the time the people that we see in our lives the most they are saying those things because they love us and they want to just like have a casual conversation with us most of the time they're not attacking you okay <laughs> but i literally thought i was being attacked every day especially early on in my business. That first year, what'd you do today? I mean, it was, it was not great. Right. Now I have a much better take on it. Jared will be like, what are you working on? And sometimes I'll be like, Hey, I'm done with work for today. I, I just don't want to talk about it right now, especially if it was stressful or I'll be like, Hey, this is kind of the project we're working on. I do share like overarching things that are happening in our business and Jared has a genuine curiosity. He also just continues without pay or acknowledgement to answer questions in our community and on our Facebook ads literally every day. That does require him to have some transparency of like what we actually do and how the business works and what's inside our product or whatever. Yesterday, he got so excited about the Instagram stickers. Yes. Super funny. Yeah. Like, These so are awesome. <laughs> so I had to kind of coach my partner on how the question was asked. Yes. I don't like the question, what did you do today? I find it honestly really, really rude. And, and that's just me. You all can love the question. It can work for you. I hate it. I think it's kind of condescending. I think it's like, well, I have a fucking day job. What do you think I did today? It's not an actual genuine, I want to like see how your day was. To me, it's a, I woke up, I ate breakfast, I went to a meeting, I went to my office, and I'm going to give you the rundown like an asshole because that's an asshole question. So instead, I say, instead we do like at dinner time, like, what do you have coming up this week? Just to like go over our calendar. Let's go over our schedule. Like, oh, this day is going to be really busy. And he now knows if we have 
Okay, guys, for the first five Tuesdays of this year, we have had extra meetings on Tuesdays. This week is our first week where we did not have an extra meeting on a Tuesday than what we normally have. I looked at calendar and I was like, praise Dumbledore, so excited. I don't have to talk to anybody extra today. I mean, it was so good. So for like like three or four straight weeks, we had all these extra meetings. And I would tell Brian, like, I have back-to-back meetings today, dude. And he knows what that actually means. We're probably going to be ordering in food that night. We're going to be watching a show. I don't want to talk to you. We're I'm I'm talked out. Like I'm I'm out. And so we just have an easier day. We know that about each other now. We've been married for nine years now. So this isn't new information. But like if you could learn that about yourself and then communicate that, you could get to a happier place sooner. <laughs> right. You're just kind of lightly touched on it, but I think it's so important based on how you schedule and show up in your day. I think it's so important, especially if you want to continue to have this like good mental health about it to adapt the rest of your day around what that's going to be like. And so for me, I used to beat myself up so bad because you're right. Tuesday's crazy. And it's almost always crazier for me than it is for you. I'm like thinking through every project we're working on, everything that has to be addressed to who, what deliverables are needed, what major projects are coming up. Like my head is going to explode every Tuesday. And so I used to think that meant, okay, I'm going to wrap at three like I normally would. I should make a really great dinner and like sit down and chill with my husband and talk and chat bullshit. We'll put on the British baking show and I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Tuesday is nearly always something so simple for dinner, like, or I make Jared make it. And then I will spend some time with him, but I always take extra time for me that day where like, I'm like, peace out, Girl Scout, you go do your thing. I need an hour or four to be alone. I think that's made a huge improvement on everyone's mood. And so I think we both have started to hit a rhythm of like just understanding each other. You know, a lot of people would think, oh, you're easy frozen pizza meal should be Friday because it's chill and you're going into the week. I would much rather cook for four hours on a Friday afternoon and evening because that's always my like most relaxed day of the week. Yep. Same. A way that just for more ideas for you and just because it like literally just right dawned on me. So Brian does this for me now too. So like yesterday he came home from work and he picks up pee every day, bless. And he comes home and he like has his laptop bag or whatever. And he's like, Hey, I still have some client work I need to finish up on. That's all he needed to say. What that means to me is I'm on penny duty, meaning like if she wants to play, she normally bugs Brian to death. They like are play buddies, but her and I are going to play or we need to like put on a movie. I need to figure out what's for dinner or order it. Like we ordered food last night, but I like, I did it. And it was just one of those things where it's like, I know that he has this left on his plate tonight. No one wants to have to bring home work. So I'm going to like do the other things because I know that there's going to be a day this week where I'm going to be worn out. And he's going to do that same thing for me. Right. But that didn't just happen by reading each other's mind. I think there's an evolution that you either catch on with or it can destroy relationships where you have to overly communicate 
for a long time until your partner just starts to get what you mean (laughs) when you say shit. Because unless you read between the lines, that could have led to an argument where he's like, I have to get this done and Penny's all over me and you're not doing shit. You're just like scrolling TikTok. This is what I was doing. (laughs) So I think it takes time to get there and it's okay to fudge it up in between but just like keep taking time to reassess like I don't think any of this stuff is things that happen overnight and then you're automatically better and you're gonna have seasons where you're better at it than others you might be feeling really good about how you're separating things and then you have a life change And there's a lot of, you can look up like major life changes. I think there's like technically seven variations, five variations. Most things fit into birth, death, loss, moving. I don't know. I can't remember all of them, but they're pretty big buckets that like major life changes can alter your communication patterns, alter your mood, alter the way you show up and Sometimes you will go back to your previous self after a period of time, but other times, and this is so fun, you become a completely different person on the other side of a life change. Been there, done that, needed a lot of therapy to get through it. And so you might have to re-communicate boundaries or readdress certain issues because now how you feel about it is completely different. And that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It doesn't mean you sucked at it or failed or whatever. You just got to keep going. It's not, you're never done. Right. No, no. (laughs) Good luck with that. I hope this was helpful. I know it was like a little all over the place, but I just feel like it's nice to have this conversation every so often to just kind of provide a nice little mental checkpoint for you. If any of this was super helpful, or if you want to expand on any of these ideas, don't hesitate to take the conversation over to our DMs on Instagram at Boss Project. And definitely go check out those new stickers in the Creative Template Shop to know what we're talking about because they are super cute. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our Creative Template Shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.